Welcome into episode 13 of season 3 of the Sabermetrics podcast hosted by the Charging Buffalo. My name is Bill. Alongside me as always is Walt. Walt, how you doing, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, looking forward to talking about the Sabres. You got a ton of new stuff to talk about, so should be a fun episode. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I was under the weather for one of the weeks, and then another week I was just away from my ability to record, so... Here we are finally. Uh, a lot to catch up on, like you said. I think the biggest news is Devin Levi is finally signed. Um, it's crazy to think of like all that's happened since he's since he's signed, and we've it, you know we didn't record for probably even like a week before that. So it's been a little bit, but we're gonna get a couple out to end the season off here because they're playing meaningful games in April for the first time in very long, but. Let's just get your overall reaction just to Devin Levi, you know, the signing, you know, what he's already done, what he will do. It sounds like he's going to start against Florida. If you, we are recording Monday night, if you were listening to Tuesday, that would be tonight. But um, so tomorrow night when they play Florida, what do you think about Levi playing there? And what do you think about for the next stretch of games that are coming up? That last week for the Sabres is, is jam-packed. So what do you think both levi playing and kind of the rotation they have so the whole shebang what do you got uh well i mean just start off with levi's game against the rangers i mean i thought that was incredible with mm-hmm. all the pressure that he had on him all the eyes on him really don't see goalie prospects get that much attention like not even the guys trapped in the first round i feel like even have that many eyes on them for their first game so i mean levi coming out there not really changing up his routine at all just doing like he do at the college level or the world juniors or the cchl just kept his game out there made some great saves and had a great performance against the rangers and i'm just really excited for this game against the panthers coming up i mean obviously we all know that levi was traded from the panthers they traded his rights in the sam reinhardt trade and levi's a guy who's really big on you know just proving the doubters wrong and i feel like just this game against a team that decided to trade him away. I think that's going to be some extra motivation. Not that he needs any more motivation, but it's definitely going to be an entertaining one. Huge game for the Sabres and adding Devin Levi to the mix for this game makes it that much more fun. Absolutely. And as we stand right now, the Islanders are in the first wildcard spot at 87 points. Pittsburgh's at 86 um, with 77 games played. So those are the two spots. Florida is right behind them at 85 points in 77 games. And the Sabres, 81 points, 75 games played. So they have those two games in hand. But as we know from a little bit earlier, games in hand only really matter if you win them. So like I said, the schedule that they have coming up is pretty intense. Um, I I know the last week they played two back-to-backs essentially. And it's just when it comes to you know, putting in like a fresh guy out of college. They're not going to be able to do that. Craig Anderson's been kind of day-to-day. Don't exactly know when he's going to come back, but hopefully by the end of the season, hopefully get at least get one more start if this is the end of the road for him, uh, preferably probably against the Senators on the 13th just because that, you know, old team and, um, you know, maybe let Levi finish out the season against the Blue Jackets on Friday the 14th. But, yeah, I mean, they have tomorrow's game, or, if, again, if you're listening Tuesday – would be tonight they have thursday against the red wings saturday against the hurricanes at 12 30 p.m that is 
that's a tough one. That's going to be real tough. They, you know, the Hurricanes just kind of have their number, especially defensively. Uh, then it's Monday and Tuesday. They play the Rangers and then the Devils. And then Thursday, Friday, like I said, Senators and Blue Jackets. That's not an easy schedule. Um, again, they do have two games in hand, but they still need to catch up as well. The best they can do is tie the Panthers, and the Panthers are going to have the regulation and overtime win advantage on them most likely, if not you know, secured that at least. So they need some help as well. Um, what do you see besides Levi? What do you see as the biggest thing that you can point to to stop the Panthers. I don't think because I'm not exactly like what do they need to do to, to score more or, or you know really get their offense going because they're what fourth fifth best team in the league offensively. What do they need to do defensively to stop them again other than Levi? I mean honestly, I don't really think they have to do much defensively. I think they should just try to run and gun <laughs> them and beat them with the talent they have. I mean, okay. that's what they've been doing all year and it's not really sustainable hockey over 82 game season, but for these final seven games, like I don't care if stuff's sustainable. I'm just trying. To I mean, you got to try to go like seven or oh, six and one. So may as well as try to send it because you got to go all the way and get all those wins, or it's really nothing. Like there's no difference between four and three and one and six at this point if you're missing the playoffs. So Fair enough. I think just doing what you can and win the games, which has been just running that offense and like being responsible defensively, but I wouldn't be like too hesitant to try to push the pace on offense. Okay. Fair enough. Because it seems like when they really knuckle it down defensively, it's, you know, they put out a good product because they already have the offense, you know, naturally instilled in them. So if you say run and gun, I'm going to go run and gun. Let's, you know, win these games 6-5 and squeak into the playoffs. That's cool with me as long as as long as they can do it. Um, but I do want to bring that up. If they end up not making the playoffs, no matter how it ends, whether, like you said, 1-6, 3-4, just missing it by going like 5-2-1 or something like that, and, and other teams kind of catch catch themselves from falling, is this season a success to you? I mean, I think, to me, I think it's a success right now. I think they could go 0-7, and I think the fact that we're talking about the Sabres and their playoff chances on April 3rd, I feel like that's something I 100% did not expect going into this season. Maybe some fans expected it, but nobody in Vegas expected it. No, like, hockey media outside of Buffalo expected this. Uh, I think the fact that they're able to do what they did with one of the lowest cap hit teams in the league with the youngest roster in the league is just remarkable. And this team has so much room for growth. They've got so many prospects in the system that it's a really exciting time to be a Sabres fan. It really is. And what have we been, or at least I've been preaching for the past couple episodes is this is just the beginning. And if you're scratching and, and clawing your way and you're playing games in April that, you know, you're still in the race like you said, youngest team, lowest cap hit, that's remarkable. And so I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't exactly be thrilled if they lost every game from here on out, but they are one or two wins away from Egypt from being like, man, they were right there. And that's that's that was the expectation. Like, hey, this is, you know, what's a good season do before we before the season started and we talked was, you know, being in in it at the end. You know, we, we don't necessarily expect them to make it 
it'd be it'd be nice if they can be in the conversation. And that's exactly what they're doing. We're talking about them on April third. It's exciting, and you know what? You know what that means next year, though. For me, it's playoffs. It's playoffs. Yeah. It's there's now there's no excuse because you still have the low cap hits. I mean, yeah, some of them are are bumping up, obviously, but you still have the maneuverability, the young team. Next year is a time to. I shouldn't say like full out, you know, fire sale, go for it, but you should, the expectation should be playoffs. Do you agree? I think so. I mean, I think the difficult thing is, is really just that Atlantic division, just how <sighs> tough it is. I mean, I remember we were talking about how like preseason, like Boston, that was a team that everyone thought was going to be the one that fell off. And they happen to be the team that just turned it up to another level and looks like unbeatable now. And, I mean, Toronto's Toronto. They still have all their young pieces. Those guys aren't going to get worse. I think maybe you can hope for Tampa to fall off a bit just because I feel like Tampa still has the top guys. I mean, some of those top guys like Hedman are getting older. A lot of that scoring depth they had just really isn't there anymore or it's getting older or it's turning into guys like Tanner Janot or Nick Paul who are kind of more like grinder guys and not really – that productive of players like Palat, Kalorn, uh, even Tyler Johnson back in the day. So maybe Tampa is a team you can look for that could fall off just enough for the Sabres to overtake them next year. And then obviously you got Ottawa and Detroit too. I mean, Ottawa's kind of – Ottawa's pretty much like what the Sabres were in the Eichel era almost, and maybe like a little bit better, but it's amazing how they have like one of the worst prospect pools in the league. And they don't have a pick till the fourth round this year. Oh, God. They didn't have a pick in the first oh, round God. last year. Their last first round pick was Tyler Boucher, who has like 30 something points in like 50 OHL games the past two seasons. Ooh. So, oh, boy. <laughs> there's someone I'm not too scared about in Detroit, too. I still think the Sabres are better than them right now. And I do think they have a better avenue to improve even more. So, I agree. It's, it's going to be interesting, but. Washington, I, I mean, there's, Washington's yeah, kind of there too. Like they're still knocking on the door. As long as Ovechkin's there, they're still going to try. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They're never going to rebuild while Ovechkin's still there, and they've done a good job, like retooling a bit with like Strom and Milano. I mean, they got those guys just great bargain deals for cheap. Uh, so it's definitely going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be impossible, but. The Atlantic Division does make it like less of a slam dunk. Like if the Sabres are playing in like the Western Conference right now, I think you could see an easy path. But it's just those three teams in our division just don't seem to be able to fall off. It's there's like two Bills things I want to reference. Is one is they're going like full Josh Allen and like Sean McDermott. Like you know the the game we're playing is the biggest one because it's the next one or like the next game is the biggest one because it's, you know, next up on the list. And that's exactly how the Sabres have to play. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's just a, there's what we were saying before, at least, or I shouldn't say we, but you know, people that commentate on the bills is like the bills are really good this year, but AFC is also like a gauntlet or at least before the season. Um, you know, we're kind of talking before the se- before next season. Well, before this season, you know, people thought Denver weren't going to stink and the Chargers were going to be better than they were, and and a couple other teams. And it's just it's kind of like the same thing with the Sabers. Is it's like that's it's not an easy path. Certainly not an easy path. So, I mean, again, I'm still sticking with like you. 
it's time. You know, you guys have proved it this year. You kind of, you know, you showed your hand, and now we know. You guys are good, and you were the youngest and the cheapest, and some of your really freaking good players are on what could already be, well, for Thompson it already is, but for even for Cousins, I mean, a great cap hit for the team. I mean, like, there's there's nothing stopping you. I think Opozo comes off the book. Yeah, Opozo comes off the books, obviously. Um, you know, you still got Skinner, but he's been productive. I bishops mean, off the books. Bishop, yeah, Bishop's <laughs> off the books for sure. I remember <laughs> when people were getting upset that he was like coaching some goalies. They're like, he's our property. Oh, <laughs> was, oh yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> I loved it. Um, it's like, who cares? Who cares? Um, it's like, it's like a goalie coach is gonna like turn like an average goalie into like a superstar and it's like, oh man, it was all Ben Bishop's fault. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure like Johnny Boychuk was on like the Islanders like pregame intermission shows uh, like while he was under contract with the Sabres. You should have so. forced him on MSG. Just forced yeah. him to sit there between Marty and Duffer. Yeah, you got to do the Sabres broadcast. You're not doing the Isles one. Yeah, so what do you think about this? Well, I don't really know the team, so hopefully they just go out there and uh, score more goals than the other team. Yeah. Just, I mean, obviously, you know, you feel like even guys in the NHL that don't necessarily pay attention – to other teams or like not avid fans of the NHL outside of their team because they're so, you know, invested in that. Like, you still know more. You can you can probably as long as you have like some kind of charisma, you can like wing it for like a yeah, game or two I mean, on, what, on MSG broadcast. That's what the national guys do. I feel like half those guys probably like those guys aren't watching like the Minnesota Wild versus Ducks. Like they don't know what happened during that game or. It's like uh, it's like the Tony Romo thing where like CBS had to fly out to him allegedly had to like fly out to him and be like, hey, can you work harder on like prepping for these games? <laughs> oh yeah, he just he just sits back and like reads the plays and like doesn't yeah. know anything about the context of the game or anything, well, anything like, about the team. He came out hot. He was like predicting plays, but you know, as people know, like the game evolves. Every sport evolves, even within like a couple years after retiring. So now he's kind of behind the eight ball. He has, he's just out there he golfing the entire much. time. I feel, <laughs> I feel like he talks so much during the broadcast. Yeah, he's he's quickly – he went from, like, beloved to, like, your Collinsworth. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not good. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, heading back to the Sabres instead of dunking on Tony Romo. Sorry, buddy. Um, avid <laughs> Sabermetrics podcast listener, so I'm sure he's going to be very upset. We're going to – you know what? You know, if you don't want angry emails, you know, don't go out on a limb like we just did there. So, um <laughs> Let's something we kind of do regularly, or at least just because we kind of had some space in between a lot of our our episodes here is we kind of just talk about every single player that's on the team. And I just kind of want to do that again. We'll make it quick because sometimes it can that's what really drags out our episodes. Um, but we are we're in it for the long haul today just because we have been gone for so long. And um, again, just appreciate anyone that has been listening as I pull up. The roster. Let's go. You know, let's go with by points. By points, I think we went by maybe position last time. We're going to go by points. So, what's the the latest with Tage Thompson? Is it sounds like he's going to be back against the Panthers. Eighty nine points in seventy two games. You know, the bargain deal that he's on at least this year, just like in compare points in comparison to his cap hit, is ridiculous. Um, what's your? I mean, there's not really not much to say besides you know, fawning praise over his abilities, uh, 44 goals in 72 games. I mean, what is your, uh, what's your take on Tage Thompson just this year in general? And, and I guess maybe what can he do in these last games besides just doing 
what he's supposed to do and what he's been doing all season um, to to maybe carry this team to the playoffs. I mean, he had an unreal year this season. I'm re- like really worried about his injury just because he was a non-factor that Islanders game he returned. I mean, he obviously missed the last three games. There's a video of him skating practice today too, and on Sayers posted on Twitter, he did not look the greatest. I mean, I guess Granado said uh, he looked good to him and he could play this game against the Panthers, but I mean, if that's a guy that's injured down the stretch and you're trying to go six and one or seven and zero, oh, that's just a major blow because Sabres this whole season have just been kind of relying on Tage to just score those goals on the power play that usually aren't goals of another guy shooting it. And even on five on five, just making those plays and scoring those goals that other guys really can't do. And if they lose that, that could be concerning. I mean, it seems like, I don't know if this, the latest one is, is his back still, which he's hurt a couple times this season. And especially with him on the power play in his shooter position, you need a lot of torque to get that thing to, to whiz like he can and he just doesn't – you can't do that if your back's messed up. You just can't. So it's – the problem is is you can maybe open up some space or at least keep him there as a threat and, and move it to the other side with Olofsson, but we'll get to him obviously. But it doesn't seem to be happening right now either. So it's it's concerning for sure. And I, I mean, he just seems like the guy – he's probably just – it's probably an injury that he just needs time really, like rehab, you know, doing certain things, but just needs a lot of time. And he'll get that this offseason, whenever that ends up being. But it's he's going to go for it. I mean, if they're even sniffing of a playoff spot now, if they lose the next four or five in a row and it's really not looking good, they might shut him down for the season just saying, like, dude, like we just don't want to risk anything worse here. But, I, I mean, he's going to fight through it. So, you know, respect for him for that. I mean, he's he's obviously such an important piece of the Sabres. And I, they could use him, you know, putting up 11 points in these these last games here. That would be nice because that would get him to triple digits at 100. And, um, you know, if you're putting up 11 points, that's means your de- team's doing pretty well, and, and hopefully they can crank out a lot of wins here. Next one up, Jeff Skinner. Having a career year, is it with goals and points, I believe? Just want to fact check myself here. Don't want to be wrong. He's I matched. Think, didn't he have forty? Yeah, oh, he had that's forty right. that one year. Yep, in Buffalo, had, it's points. It's just points. Excuse me. He did have forty. Yep. Wow. How quickly do I forget? He had fifty when he played for yeah. Kitchener. Um, so he got him that contract, the forty. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How quickly I forget. Anyway, um, Jeff Skinner. I mean, between two stalls is hilarious. Um, I right here. I have. Oh yeah. If if your wallet, you see it's a tops bottle, but this is definitely Smart Water Vapor Distilled. I'm going to take a quick swig here. <laughs> Delicious. Anyway, the the outpouring of production, excuse me, I almost like choked on that water. The outpouring of production from it's not vapor distilled, it's tops. That's the problem. I, you know yeah. what? You only have to look in the mirror at uh, who, who caused that problem. Anyway, the <laughs> Skinner is really, I mean, he's on pace for 80 points. I'm just kind of looking at here and it's, He's at 73 now. Uh, I could see him doing it, but I think it's just the – you can still see how he's effective even though he doesn't have that quick burst of speed, but he's you know incredibly agile and he really picks his spots well. Um, that's probably what Kruger was so pissed about, honestly, is because he's one of those players that can't just like go full bore the entire time, so he can't play you know lights-out defense, but he's still good defensively in a sense where he will cause havoc or – 
um, you know, cause turnovers. Maybe if he's not the one actually coming away with the puck, but you know, force a guy to to make a pass that he doesn't want to make, or you know, take a shot or something like that. And so that's, I mean, he's still effective, and I would hope that for the at least the next couple of years it stays this way. And um, obviously, has a good thing going with Thompson and Tuck there. So, what is your thoughts on Skinner, real quick? Uh, I mean, great personality ever on the team. Like I love. Oh, yeah. Just Jeff Skinner, the person. Great I feel vibes. like he makes following the Sabres so much more fun. And, uh, I mean, as a player, too, I mean, he also plays just a really fun game, too. I mean, not the quickest skater, but he uses that agility, like you said, to kind of score those goals. I mean, he's a pure goal scorer. He's able to turn that a bit of playmaking this year. I mean, he really just causes chaos. And they really found a big chaos-causing line with that Skinner Thompson talk line that just works and now that he finally has a permanent home on that line for the past few seasons I think we're seeing a player that's pretty much worth pretty close to the contract he's earning I mean really not many guys can drive offense on five and five quite like Jeff Skinner and uh, the problem before used to be his inconsistent finishing but now that he's on a line that can consistently put him in opportunities to score and cause chaos I feel like that finishing's no longer a problem and just a great player. Yeah, I agree. And big vibes guy. And speaking of another one, Alex Tuck, 35 goals, 37 assists and 67 points for 70. It's for 67 points, 67 games, 72 points. I'm, I'm falling down a flight of stairs this last like five to 10 minutes. Uh, I was going to let you take this one. What is your thoughts on Tuck? Uh, I mean, just six foot four guy could skate really hard. Uh, four checks. I mean, great at puck receptions. I mean, he's just good at so many little things. And that Flyers game where he had the hat trick was huge. And we really saw like Tuck in full force that game. I mean, when he's on, he's close to unstoppable. There's not many guys at his size that like can skate like he does. I believe he had one of the 10 fastest recorded. Uh, like, I know they. Used to do the player tracker and they measure player speed. I think they still do, but last year he was one of the 10 fastest players in the league uh, with his one skating time, which is just insane for a six foot four guy, especially with how hard he plays. Uh, great piece to have on the team. Yeah, I mean, you can just see how much the Sabres miss him when he's out. And yeah, it's just like the small, intangible things that, um, that Dylan Cousins does as well. We'll get to him in a second, but. They're both kind of the the 200-foot player that the Sabres really need. And um, you can see when they're out how much they miss that part of things, plus they're productive. Uh, moving on, Rasmus Dahlin, 71 games played, 14 goals, uh, 53 assists, 67 points, 90 penalty minutes. I'm trying to figure out who leads the NHL in minor penalties. It could be Dahlin, if we're being honest. Um, he seems like he's probably – I think he's probably playing through – it's pretty well known. He's probably playing through an injury of some sorts. He I, seems better, though, I feel like. Yeah, there was one point where it was like, I don't know if he should be playing, but now it feels like we're yeah, starting to get yeah, that's true. a bit of the old Dahlin. Yeah, he might be you know, on the mend a bit, but again, I mean, they're all playing dinged up at this point. So um, what's your thoughts on Dahlin? I Personally, just for me, it's just I think he's he was in the Norris conversation. He's kind of fallen off a bit, you know, still top 10 for sure, um, but I don't know. The minor penalties things just kind of bugs me. He's so freaking good, though. So, like, you take the good with the bad. Um, he's here to stay, and, you know, really looking forward to uh, 
just seeing what he can do next year as well and hopefully finish the season strong. It would be nice to see him get maybe like 70, 75 points. That would be pretty cool too. So he's at 67 now. So we'll see. What's your thoughts on Darlene? Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see like defenseman point production this season be up. I mean, yeah. really just because I just Finally. love like big stats and stuff. So like, <laughs> seeing Carlson and their stuff, like putting up numbers like he is, is just really cool. So yeah. Looks like we're kind of entering like almost like an 80s era again with like point production. Maybe not quite as extreme, but definitely a lot more exciting than the year where like Jamie Ben led the NHL in points with like under 90 points. Yeah, that was gross. Be, like, we don't like that. That was like the medieval times of the NHL, just like the, the dark, dark ages. ages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like pre pre uh, McDavid. Just you got Jamie Ben leading your league in points. That's like. I don't even know how the league survived that. Super marketable, Jamie Ben. Everyone knows him. Yeah, it's just good old Western Canada boy that plays the game the right way. <laughs> That's right. Oh man. <laughs> well, yeah, we're we're not going to get into that. Anyway, moving <laughs> moving on to Western Canada, really Western and way up there. Dylan Cousins, um, sixty two points in seventy four games. He has twenty eight goals. I think he could hit thirty this year, which is. A good benchmark. He's making what just like slightly over seven mil next year. It's like essentially the same as Tage or something like that. But I think we can really see that he's impactful in you know the two hundred foot game. I mean, there's still you know faults just like everyone else at, at certain points. But I think he's vastly improved that, um, and he's really good. Obviously, which we all knew for for years. But a transporter of the puck and and getting you know possession over the blue line and, and carrying it in. Um, he's got that, you know, speed and that's pretty deadly when it comes to his line mates who again, we'll get to, but, uh, JJ Quinn, JJ Quinn, JJ Paterka <laughs> and Jack Quinn. Oh my God. This, this last 10 minutes has been tough. Obviously you can tell I'm rusty and coming off of, uh, coming off of like the, the sickness, but I slept for probably the longest I ever have yesterday. I woke up at like 12, 1230 and it was just like in a daze and I feel like I still haven't recovered from it. It was like. I don't know what's going on. It's not really a great excuse for messing up people's names that I watch. You're coming off the IR. I'm com- Yeah, coming off the IR, but I'm limping off the IR. I'm, I, <laughs> I don't know if I'll make it to the end of the season. Anyway, Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka, especially Paterka with his speed to combine with Cousins, and then you just have Jack Quinn, who's we'll get to again, but he can keep up. Even if he's not the fastest you know, north-south player, he can keep up in just other ways, and he's just, he's just so freaking smart and good and I, boy, I was wrong about him. Um, what's your thoughts on Cousins? Anything to add there? Uh, I mean, he does a great job running that kid line. Uh, that line, when it's hot, it's like unstoppable. When it's bad, it's like awful. Like yeah. that Montreal game, they just did not show up at all and they got crushed yeah. whenever they are on the ice. That's so that's the thing that scares me a bit about this seven-game stretch. I mean, the good thing is that with that line, you have that high ceiling, so if they do go on like a six, seven game run, you can win like all those games they're on. But if they're bad, they're not they're not giving you anything. And then if Tage is injured too, then you're losing two lines of offense. You're relying on like Middlestad and Greenway to score you goals. So it'll be interesting to see what we get from his line down the stretch. For sure. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just just kind of hot and cold with them and they're rookies i mean that's what's going to happen um so we'll kind of have to take that with a grain of salt and i like you said cousins has done a good job in between them you know really guiding them and i you know i think 
probably any other center on this team would have been able to do what he's been able to do with them. So that's, you know, kudos to him. Let's move on to, I'm going to let you take this one first. We might talk about this one for a little bit, but Casey Middlestat, 75 games played, 49 points. He's got 10 goals and 39 assists. Uh, yeah, I mean, finally having a productive season. Uh, he's looking like a guy who's been able to find his role in the NHL, which is just a very simple uh, like puck dust distribution, uh, making plays by passing role, uh, really just what he should have been doing in the NHL this whole time. Uh, I mean, coming into the league, ton of hype, always the best player in high school in Minnesota. It's tough for those guys to simplify their games at times and go to the things that do work for them and turn away from like the fancy stick work moves and the sniping goalies on the rush things everyone love i mean when you don't when you don't have the best agility you just got to find ways to adjust and find ways to make your game work and middle stat does have those great hockey smarts and he's been putting that to use with his passing ability and just been an effective middle of the lineup guy which is really all the savers need from him and all the savers will need from him in the future too so it's nice to see yeah, and he's also the hardest worker on the ice at any given time. Yeah. I mean, like, that's just something he's going to have to do, and he's really upped that ability for him and, and you know, endurance, strength, all those things. Um, like you said, just simplifying his game. I mean, he's not trying to dance people and, and make all these elaborate plays. He was definitely, in the middle of the season, he was definitely hesitant, and we were all getting on him, and I, he would he would admit probably that he wasn't playing well. But he's really stepped it up, and if you take the season as a whole, I mean, like his his bad section, but it was it was pretty ugly. There were some some flashes during that time, but he's really stepped it up. Um, I think he's definitely deserved him another. You know, his obviously he has a a contract for next year or through next year, I should say. So he'll obviously be back. But yeah, as a third line left winger, I think that would you know. He can be effective. Could there be a, a replacement that, you know, maybe could uh, improve upon him? I'm sure, but he's got some versatility too. He can play center as well, and I'm sure, you know, Granado will like that. Granado stuck by him all season, and, you know, he's seen him through to the other side, and so good for him um, as someone that's been very hard on him and has been really tough to relinquish. I guess I shouldn't say relinquish, but separate his draft location I guess you'd say being a top 10 pick and what we're seeing with him I mean it's just been you know it's been tough at least for me to to kind of let that go but I finally really do understand you know this is the player he is and he has made improvements and like I said he's the hardest worker on the ice and so I'm I'm happy to see him come back next year hopefully he can continue to improve and um, also seems like a vibes vibes guy I mean doesn't have the biggest personality in in a in a sense, but it seems like the guys really like him, um, and he seems like he's you know relatively likable and yeah, good for him. You know, happy that uh, you know he's been able to turn it around and, and carve out a role. So uh, next one that we haven't been exactly too fond of recently here on the Sabermetrics podcast, hosted by the Trading Buffalo, uh, the, uh, Victor Olafson. Uh, we'll get into some some more fun names here shortly, but Victor Olafson, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of him? I mean, he's a good goal scorer. I just don't know if he's has a role in the Sabres at this point. I mean, it looks like he's going to be pushed out of the lineup potentially by uh, Tage Thompson's return, uh, which 
not a good sign for him, especially since he's been pushed off that top power play unit as well as of late. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, still under contract for next year for a decent amount of money. Uh, I personally wouldn't trade for him. Uh, maybe you convince some team to trade for him. Uh, just let the guy rack up those empty net goals down the season. Try again with 30 or something. Uh, try to hide the assist column from the opposing team's GMs, and you got a player worth a first-round pick. There you go. I mean, I, I don't know. He just kind of strikes me as like the perfect tank guy. He'll get you. Yeah. He'll get you a ton of goals in games you lose six three. He'll score a hattie, it's baby. Like, it's like Dom Kubalik. I feel like um, yeah. when he's on Chicago, he just scored a ton of goals. Just yeah. wasn't that great of an overall player. Yeah, I mean, I th- it's it's hard to crap on him because he of the you know the. The odds of him even making a league were just so slim. So, like, I have a ton of respect yeah. for that. And he, he really, like, there are times where you see, you're like, okay, yeah, there it is. But it's just not there always. And, again, he's just kind of getting forced out. You know, it's just, it's, I don't really want to, you know, stomp on what he's been able to do. But it's just, it's probably time to move on. They can find someone that's a little bit more useful. Again, he is a goal scorer. That's, you, that's, the most important thing in hockey to score more than the other team but you can probably find someone that is at least somewhat close to his goal production and and probably getting some more assists along the way too so I I think you know his time has kind of run out but a couple guys that haven't had their time run out they're just beginning Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka we're just going to push them together you know what I got three guys right here in a row that we're going to talk about Jack Quinn JJ Paterka and Owen Power three rookies really making an impact on this team and it can only keep you you know or only get you I shouldn't say keep you get you more excited for the future with these guys but finishing out the season um and and overall what they've done this season what do you think of those three I mean I think those three are like kind of major reasons why this team made a jump I mean obviously you have Tage taking it to a different level this year but adding like pretty much an entire second line and a number two defenseman to this team is just huge. Even though those guys are so young. I mean, like 21, 20 years old. Uh, I mean, Quinn, positive impact player on both sides of the puck, which is incredible for someone his age. He has a great shot, works the puck to the middle of the ice. He can do it by himself when needed to as well. So just a really good player. I think he's Every he's going to hit every bit of the ceiling we thought he had when the Sabres drafted him. I mean, he's really turning into that guy the Sabres thought they were getting on draft day, maybe even more. Uh, Paterka, I mean, he's a guy, compared to what I thought he'd be at on draft day, I think he's someone that's made so many improvements. And mm-hmm. I think we've really seen him after that getting benched uh, for that little stretch. I think we've really seen him play like much better hockey. I mean, obviously... Not that Montreal game, uh, that whole line played bad, but other than that, I feel like he's been great. I mean, had that goal against the Rangers. I mean, mm. he's just been working hard out there. Really not a lot of players work harder than he does, and he's able to make plays, score goals. I mean, I think you can't ask for much more for a guy that's going to be a feature in your middle two lines in the future. Maybe even a guy could toss up on the top line. And then Owen Power, he's someone that, you know, every – Every single game, he just makes those great plays. I mean, we've seen that Philadelphia game. He had that like three-line stretch pass to uh, Middlestat mm-hmm. that led to that one Sabres goal. I mean, the stuff like that from a defenseman at his age is just insane. 
I mean, I feel like we're not even really impressed by that stuff anymore because we've seen it from him so much. But just defensemen that age are just not supposed to have that level of confidence or poise. Really the wherewithal to make the plays. Yeah, just the poise that he does. I mean, they're just not supposed to. But I feel like we're so used to it now with him that we think that's probably expectations for guys like that. But it's not. He's a freak. And the Sabres love him and Rasmus Dahlin running the blue line for – the next decade and i don't think you could ask for a better duo i will say when it comes to jack quinn i mean he's just incredible um massive fan like you said he is hitting the ceiling we knew his ceiling was high but we were like oh man it might take him a while to get there kind of thing uh no that's not what happened um but the biggest thing i think when it comes to like everyone getting all po'd when they drafted him is the sabers at that point they everyone just felt they needed more play drivers and people just didn't see it with Quinn. They just kind of saw him as a complimentary piece. And you can kind of, you know, understand why when you looked at Marco Rossi, but, and, and, you know, kind of his game and just the ability to produce so many points. Uh, he's, dude, Jack Quinn's so freaking good, man. Like, it's, it is incredible what he's been able to do. I mean, he's kind of found an extra gear the past few games. I mean, that one play he had to tuck. You know, just the, the the determination and then making the pass and Tuck made a great play and scored against the Flyers. And, um, you know, I think the other one where it was Paterka's goal against the Rangers, he was in on that as well. I think oh, it was yeah. Quinn Cousins. They were all in on that. I mean, it's just, again, we knew the ceiling was high. We never said he wasn't because he scored a million. He scored a crap ton of goals in the OHL. So, we're like, obviously there's something there, but what's the likelihood of him actually getting there? And I just – I, I don't think anyone expected it to be this good this quickly. Um, you know, maybe a small few. And I also just like, he just seems like a cool dude, like a good dude, you know? He just like wants to play hockey and be really freaking good at it and just, oh, you guys are used to seeing players like a Vander Kane skate down the sidewall and shoot from there? Well, joke's on you. Yeah. I'm going to take this to take the highest. Shifts. Yeah, take the <laughs> highest danger chance I can get. I mean, it's just impressive. And just the combination of him with Paterka and Cousins and just kind of roll that up. I mean, that that is, that, dude, they're going to be a freaking problem. They're going to be a problem. And like you said, those off nights are pretty ugly, but – they're so young, man. I mean, I just I, I have a feeling that those nights are gonna dwindle a bit. I mean, every every line has bad nights. It's an eighty two game season. It's gonna happen. But that's a that's a legitimate second line to me. If they can build upon what they've set the foundation of right now. Because you probably want I mean, Quinn's at sixty eight games with thirty six points. Uh Paterka's at seventy games with thirty one points. You probably want some more production out of your sec quote unquote second line, but I personally believe that they can both hit 50. So, yeah, I mean, if they gave Quinn those more power play minutes on the top unit, which oh, I feel like they should it's have coming. the entire year, like he'd be a lot closer to the Calder conversation than he is now. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I, I'm impressed with what he's done. So I really don't want to like critique what's, what's been going on, but he's just, um, it's impressive. You know, we're not going to get too hung up on him, but, uh, I was definitely wrong about the, initial analysis just saying like we need like a more of a play driver instead of like a, a shooter but i've said it yeah, before I mean, I think that he's also phasing out olafson too because he's someone that you know it's like okay you've scored 14 this year in 68 games i expect him i, I could see him scoring 25 you know in his sleep next year 
if 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 he makes a jump, I think he can. Yeah, I think I think he can make the jump. And the thing is, I mean, I think he's gonna be good enough where we never really compare him to the people drafted in that 2020 draft class. But that class, like in the middle, is just so loaded that it's it's also weird draft. Like yeah, with Co- I don't know like who's gonna end up the best out of that group, but I mean, like Jarvis Lindell, Perfetti, Quinn. I mean, Raymond went a bit earlier. I mean, then you have Sanderson that went high, Stutzla. Not going to talk about Alexis Lafreniere in case any Rangers fans are listening. We won't go there, but <laughs> I mean, just so many young guys in that like range of the draft that teams are just so happy they drafted right now. That turned into a pretty underrated draft in my opinion. I mean, I know going in, we knew there'd be that range of depth guys, but a lot of those guys are already having pretty decent impacts the NHL right now. So it's going to be fun to see what that class turns into. I mean, Lafreniere and Byfield were a little bit slow in their development. So the fact that we're talking about a draft class in this way, while the top two guys haven't really been dominant yet, it's pretty impressive. And I'm glad the Sabres had a pick in that range in that draft. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes you can, I don't know. I mean, it just depends on how the team develops them and the the player. And I mean, there's just so many variables, even, even a top pick, you know, might not work out. Luckily the Sabres have had a couple top picks work out with power and Darlene. That's, that's pretty fun. I gotta say, uh, then draft Neil Yakupov. Um, we've gone through 10 <laughs> players. We're going to hit a couple goalies again. Devin Levi just, you know, kind of going back to him. I just, I have a lot of trust in him. I am very cautious with his development. And so like, if he has some bad games or even next year, if he needs time in Rochester, I'm not going to freak out. I can understand people being upset next year. If like the goaltending is not up to snuff, whatever it may be. I, it could be Comrie Lukanen. We don't know. I think that that is an area that they do need to improve. It, like I said, next year we expect playoffs and if you expect playoffs with going out there with Lukanen and Comrie, you got another thing coming. So you guys need to make a move for a goalie, something to to improve that. If they need a someone to kind of stopgap Levi, and I, I just want to be patient with them. Um, the we're finally getting to a point, especially with the you know just the overall prospect pool, where the Sabers can be play, patient with these guys, and we'll get to. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about him in a second after we talk about the next goalie. But Matt Savoy, I'm I'm almost like just send him back to Winnipeg again and just let him go. He's like what one day away from being able to play in the AHL next year. Yeah. But I think the Sabers could. I you know, frankly, I think they might give him a roster spot and keep him for a while. Maybe even keep him until like World Juniors. I think he's still eligible to play. I might be wrong about that, but keep him and then maybe send him back later on in the year. So at least he's getting some kind of experience with the Sabres, even if he's not playing games could, and, and, you know, maybe space out his nine game tryout where they don't burn a year of his contract. So um, I guess I pretty much have started talking about Savoy. So let's just go there real quick. Matt Savoy. I mean, he's in the WHL playoffs right now. Winnipeg's just a wagon. I mean, they just like half their teams drafted or will be drafted. Uh, You know, one of the guys that hasn't been drafted, he's coming up. He's probably a top five pick in Zach Benson. So that's a, uh, that's a stacked team, but he's playing really well. He kind of started off or in the middle of the season, season-ish. It wasn't that great. He wasn't really producing the way people expected, but he's really turned it on now. Has there been anything surprising to you about him, or is it just kind of like same old, same old he is, Matt Savoy, and 
Um, you know, he just needs to get stronger and, and get more experience. Is that kind of where we're at with him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been watching him back since, I mean, he was in the USHL at Dubuque uh, during that COVID season. So I've watched a lot of him. And yeah, I mean, honestly, he's always been good. I think for me, it's really just like, yeah, same old uh, Matt Savoy, which is just a good player. I don't think that he's going to be a guy that has a lineup spot waiting for him with his name on it next year. Just because, I mean, like we talked about earlier, how the expectations next year after where they're at now is going to be playoffs. And I just can't see them thinking with all this cap space, let's just be a cap floor team again and run it back with rookies. I, I just don't really envision that. The one place I can see that happening is honestly with Devin Levi. He's the one rookie where I think that they may forego a veteran just to give him a spot, but I think that's heavily dependent upon how he closes out this season and even like next training camp and preseason. I think if he closes out the season really well, has a good preseason, has a good training camp, Sabres are pushing hard to sell season tickets. I just don't see how coaching and ownership could look the fans in the face and be like, all right, we're sending Scott to Rochester, enjoy UPL, Comrie, and whichever veteran we signed that you didn't remember was in the NHL. You thought he's in Switzerland, but he's actually the Predators backup. Like, I, I just can't see that working. I think if Levi closes this year hot with all the attention the guys garnered, I just have a hard time seeing him going back down. So he's, we're talking about rookies making the roster next year. I think he's my front runner. If he ends the season, well, then I'd probably put, Number two is tough. I don't think it's Savoy for me, but I'd probably go uh, Yuri Kulik or uh, maybe even Lucas Rusek. I'm going to Rusek. I'm going to Rusek yeah. just because, I don't know, I think they might move on from Opozo. Like, I hate to say it because, yeah, like, I love I the dude, that. but I think it's, like, I don't think they're going to run it back with Zemgis and Opozo. So I think one of those spots is, one of those spots is probably Tyson Jost for sure, and then you have Rusek, and maybe someone else or or Gergensen's or Opposa, one of those two. But I don't think they're going to run it back with both of them. Um, even though, like, they're both awesome dudes and they've obviously done a ton for the Sabres off the ice. So I, I'm going to go Rusek there, but I can understand Yuri Kulik as well. Um, maybe you can even step in for where Olsen was playing. Um, we'll get to the Amherst. We can go. We'll, we can get to the Amherst in a second. We'll just go through the rest of the goalies, frankly. Um, Craig Anderson. For me, it's just, you know, he's been their best goalie this year. He hasn't been able to play all that much. He's only played 25 games. It's, you know, it's a farewell tour. I hope he can get one more game, and that game he gets, he yeah. plays really well. So that's where that's I'm at That's the him. thing with him. With that last game, too, I'm kind of – I mean, if the Sabres are still in it, uh, kind of hard to see him getting a path to that game. But at the same time, I almost hope he does get a game because ending his, like – just amazing NHL career on that Nashville game where he got pulled would be brutal. For I think that's another thing that they'll realize. Like yeah. they 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 do want to do right by Craig Anderson and what he's done for uh you know the goalie room and what he's you know probably going to continue to do for the rest of the season and yeah whenever I mean I think it's I think he's probably going to get one. I would assume it might be Ottawa, but it could be a different one just based off of you know. We can we can afford to lose this game, but this is probably the only one. Maybe I, I mean, like I don't think they even think that way, but I'm just trying to figure it out. But 
Yeah, because he got like obliterated that game. That was probably one of the worst <sighs> yeah. goaltending performances I've ever seen, like in the NHL, like easily. Like, yeah, I was up there was, with like some Jonas Johansson stuff. It was not good. It was it was not good, and I would hate for yeah. that to be his last start as well. So, uh, moving on to Uko Pekalukinen, all I'm going to say is he's just like Devin Levi showed you what a more controlled goalie is. I mean, Uko Pekalukinen is just constantly out of position. He he's just. He'll make spectacular saves, but where did that spectacular save come from? Half the time, it's because he's out of position. Half the time, it's he's genuinely like bailing his team out or something like that. He can't. He has the ability to do that. It's just, it's just not. I'm sorry. I've seen enough that I, I just don't think he's it for for now or the future. I think he'll probably get a couple more games, but I don't see it. I just, I. I don't know. I'm I'm not the best judge of goaltenders, but you can kind of, you kind of know when you see it. You're like, yeah, no. no, it just it doesn't look good. He's like Peter Morazic. Peter Morazic makes insane saves sometimes. Is half the times because he's out of freaking position. So it's just I don't know. I, yeah. I I think he's like a tweener at best. Like maybe he's like a he's like a backup goalie on like a bottom feeder. Frankly, I hate to say that, but he's still like a good goalie in in retrospect. But for where the Sabres need him to be and what they need. And he just, it just hasn't been it. And, and he's ever since what his like really good season in Sudbury, it's been subpar. And we just keep trying to convince ourselves that no, this is the year I'm, I'm done with that. I, I'm just, you've gotten 33 starts goals against average is 3.61 save percentage is 892. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. I need more from our goalies. I need more from the team defense. hundred percent, hundred percent. But I need more for my goalies, too. So that's my thoughts on him. Yeah, he's an interesting one. I mean, the fact that his name was showing up around the trade deadline as a piece the Sabres were maybe trying to move, I think maybe that shows a bit on what the Sabres plan to do going forward. I do think if if they try to run a tandem next year, like if Levi has a great season, maybe they do Levi Comrie. I mean, it's just going to be such a – tough situation i mean if you have upl and comrie back next year which i'm 95 percent certain they won't now you're just running into a situation where you have two guys that have to pass through waivers if you want to bring up levi if he's playing well in the hl and i don't know how flexible it can be i mean they could obviously keep the three goalies like they're doing right now but I don't know if that's the preferred choice for this team to keep three goalies. It seems like they're almost doing it now, like out of necessity, not really because they want to. So I do think they're going to move on from someone. I mean, obviously Anderson, he's probably going to retire, but I'm talking about Comrie UPL. I think, I think they're going to move on from one of those guys. And if I had to guess right now, I mean, this is based off no inside info, just my own intuition. I would guess that it's UPL. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And well, well I, uh, we can just get to Comrie real quick then. I mean, he's only played 19 games, but it's just not, doesn't look good either. I, I, and I'm not willing to say Devin Levi, you're the starter for the Sabres and need to handle a majority of those starts next season because we just don't have the confidence in Eric Comrie back there. Seems like a good dude, like real good dude, like great vibes guy, but it just hasn't. I been think good. he's a. I think he could be a good backup if thrown out with just a regular NHL team, not like 
I feel like it's just so hard to assess him because, like, I think they're they're going to give him a chance. Game. He hasn't even played twenty games. Yeah, with him. yeah. I mean, that's pretty much been the story of his career. He's just always been getting like such small sample sizes, and some of those sample sizes have been insane. Like last year, I think he had like a better goal saved above expected per sixty than uh, Igor Shosturkin, who won the Vesna, and many people were thinking. Yeah, he should win the hard trophy too. So oh, okay. the fact that he was able to do that in that sample, I mean, obviously Winnipeg can make the argument that they help juice their goalies numbers a bit, but I mean, still at the same time, I mean, he posted better numbers than Connor Hellebuck behind like the same defense that Hellebuck was facing, albeit against weaker opponents, but yeah, that's something that still shows that there's, too. Yeah, there's still maybe something there. And, I mean, we've seen it at that Edmonton game really early on. we just seen it recently in that Islanders game. So I feel it's just tough because you really don't want him to be your starter. And with Levi, I don't know if you want to put all the eggs in that basket yet for him to get a chunk of the starts. Like, ideally, Levi or Comrie are, like, your – one B goalie or backup. And I, I just don't know what they're going to do this offseason. I mean, there's really not anybody they could bring on that would be a good starter that makes sense. I mean, I can't see. I mean, obviously, this all depends how Levi closes out the year, but I can't see the Sabres parting with like a first round pick and two prospects for like a goalie in the offseason if a guy like Levi's impressive like that it seems like that would be a waste of assets for a team that's been pretty conservative with holding on to pieces so that 2024 that 2024 first is definitely up in the air for me because I'm expecting you to play uh, make the playoffs so go ahead and do it maybe you need to put a uh, you know lottery protection on it but other than that I mean I'd say send it here's a little interesting stat according to elite prospects UPL has 46 career starts. Eric Comrie has 47. Or I guess maybe maybe not starts, but games played. I don't know if they factor in like games you get put into, but let's just say they're starts. Whatever. It's below 50 for both of them. And if you're going to go with Levi next year, like I'm just – I'm almost willing to get rid of both Comrie and Lukanen, but it it all depends on who you bring in as well. So it's – you're going to you're going to be stuck with one of them and like like you said I'm most likely expecting it to be Comrie still here because it seems like UPL might have some kind of trade value above above Comrie just cuz of the age but yeah and I think how they viewed uh, UPL this offseason where they're like we're bringing back Anderson we're signing Comrie we'll put you in the AHL and see you... what happens I think that kind of shows like and geez, his... was it a third choice and his name was out there in trade yeah, bait, which that could just be be people just throwing stuff on the wall and seeing if it sticks. But apparently but, the Sabers were mad that that got out, so maybe there's maybe there's some fire where there's smoke. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, and especially because they don't want to waver the confidence of their you know one of their goalies out there depending. Yeah. On <laughs> um, but do you think do you think that they tried to maybe acquire a goalie in the trade deadline that we just never heard about? I think I think it could uh, be possible. Maybe maybe not the biggest splash. Maybe not even a goalie that we would want, but I think they might have they might have tried to see what was out there and, and get something and kind of float UPL as like a at least you're getting a goalie back and he's young kind of thing. I don't know who in the heck they would go after, but I feel like wasn't their name in the mix for 
like Talbot, but I remember Ottawa had some injury issues, so they had to hold uh, on to him. But that would uh, honestly been hilarious because I was reading like uh, the responses to the Senators' tweet uh, at like the end of the game if they lost to the Jackets in overtime, and they're like, "Oh, Talbot's the worst goalie I've ever seen. I can't believe they brought this guy on." And be like, "Thank God the Sabers did not trade for Cam Talbot." <laughs> but, yeah, again, I mean, it, that, that, could be someone they it's were going. It's a quality after. you're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, it's a quality you're dealing with goalies right now. I mean, there's not a lot of good goalies in the NHL. And the ones that are good, like teams just won't let go of. And I feel like the hope is that, I mean, really our only hope to get that type of goalie is just Devin Levi turns into that guy. Yeah. Yeah, really. For next year. yeah. Yeah, for next year, that's where the issue comes. Is like if Devin Levi... I mean, he's probably not going to be a top five goal in the NHL next year. Yeah, Maybe he could be, but like, what do they do for next year while Levi's still a young goalie? I mean, if they can just get, not options. If they can get like league average or maybe like slightly better, just like a little bit better than league average goaltending, I think this year, I mean, this year they would be a playoff team if I'm not mistaken again some of this does fall on team defense we're not trying to just say like oh the team's been fine and you know it's a goalie's fault but at the end of the day like the best goalies are going to bail you out more than the goalies have for the Sabres this year just just the way it is yeah I mean it's just like when you're dealing with guys outside the top five and goaltending you're really just like I'm talking about your guys like Vasilevsky like Sorokin Shesterkin Saros Hellebuck, those are guys that you know you'll get good results each year. With the guys outside of that, it's just a roll of the dice every single season. Like, who would have thought that, like, preseason, recording this episode, I don't think either one of us would have said that Craig Anderson yeah. would have been the Sabres' best goalie this year. Not UPL, who had a pretty good preseason. Not Comrie, the, like, analytics signing, who had a great season last year. But yeah. the 41-year-old guy that can't even play every single game because his body will fall apart. It's yeah. the best goalie for the Sabres. And honestly, a pretty good one overall, too. Like a league average goalie at 41 years old, you just don't see that. And I don't know. I mean, it's just a roll of the dice every year. You just have to hope you get lucky landing a goalie the year they decide to be good. I mean, I don't know how else it works with these, with the like middle-of-the-pack NHL goalies other than just put a name in a hat and pull it out and oh, this guy had a good season this guy had a bad season like that's how it goes yeah oh god goalies are voodoo i know that can be a cop yeah. out at times but they really are um i'm gonna go through like just some guys that i think that just it doesn't really matter that we talk about but i said we were going to talk about pretty much every player so um cal clegg i would like him to be back as like an eighth defenseman next year maybe like start in rochester if they can swing that um, if you have anything that disagrees with what I'm saying, I'm not even going to throw it to you. If you have anything that disagrees, hop right in. Um, Riley Stillman, I think he's done well enough um, that he, you know, keep him in the in the mix next year, see how he plays, and kind of go from there. Maybe you know, I, I think he'll probably battle with some a guy like Ryan Johnson to for that last pairing. Um, let's you forgot know. about Johnson too. I mean, yeah. That's a guy who sounds like he's going to sign with the Sabres, which will be interesting. Uh, yeah, the games are this weekend, Frozen Four this coming weekend? Yep. Yep, okay, nailed yeah, it. Yeah, so I think the 6th and the 8th, so yep. so we can know pretty season soon. will be over, yeah, uh, within the week, so 
It'd be cool to sneak them in at the end of next season. You know, maybe maybe against the like Blue Jackets to to close out the season, unless you yeah, know, unless they're like they need that unless game to win something. or something. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Never know. Man, we're we're gonna probably do. We should do a couple a couple episodes in, within the next like week or two, just to kind of one every day. Yeah, I'm, I'm build the hype. Freaking down. <laughs> don't don't you tempt me with a good time. Um, going with just defenseman, I guess we'll just stick with that. Uh, Ilya Labushkin, I think when healthy, he has shown that he is a good third de- pairing defenseman. But there has been a lot of times where it's just like you you knew he was kind of injured. There have been a couple games where like I think he was he- or healthy enough. And he just didn't play great, but come on. I mean, again, 82-game season, not every player is going to be perfect. I think he's been pretty good. I really do. Um, does that mean he's replaceable? Yeah. I mean, you could probably find a better option out there. But as of right now, it seems like a pretty good vibes guy. People like him. Um, yeah, another yeah. year left on the contract, too, so yep. he'll still be he'll, around. He'll still be around, so that's good. I'll take it. You know, brings a, a different element. Um, who else can we really talk about? Jordan Greenway, real quick. For me, all I want to say is it it takes a little bit to get that that Minnesota crap out of you. Like they like Joe, yeah. it took him a little bit to yeah. you know, kind of. I saw someone mentioned it. It's just like be a little bit more patient with Greenway, just because like he it might not pan out for sure. We're not saying that, but just it it takes a little bit, you know. And I I think we maybe put a little bit too much stock into like, Oh, Don Granado can save anybody. You know, we, we should probably, you know, kind of cut off our expectations. It's like, look, he's not going to turn every player from, you know, into like a Tage Thompson or like that. That's a little bit extreme, but he's not going to bring out yeah. the very, the top end of each player. Like that's just, it's a little unreal expectations on Granado there. Let's see. You know, I'm I'm willing to you know see what happens next year with him. I'm not going to bury him too much. He's got three goals in ten games, no assists, but I mean, how many practices? I mean, maybe he's gotten some more in now, but the first like couple weeks, he had like one practice at most with the team. What do you think about him? He, I don't know. I mean, he's just such an interesting yeah. piece, just because he's like everything you don't think he will be. Like he's not really like a physical guy, even though he's just a massive human. I mean, he's not really a skilled guy even though he's not a physical guy but i mean he plays fast still i mean he's able to score goals like the one where he just drove to the net and scores one hand like really i don't think i've ever seen another guy do that at the nhl level so i mean oh i've seen Sidney crosby freaking do that no don't don't talk to me about one-handed goals i think so haunts my nightmares i I forgot about that one that was bad yeah, Carter Hutton, so, I believe I the mean, Carter Hutton special. All the sweet goals yeah. in the NHL scored scored against him. Run yeah. with Barzell between the legs. Oh yeah, that was on like that was on so many NHL commercials, yeah, like for that brutal. season. And I was like, oh, this of course Carter Hutton ends up on there. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's the thing with Greenway is that I don't know what their plan is for him to become. He's probably not would have been my first choice of a player to trade for. Just because, like, once again, I just don't know what their plans are for him of what they want him to become with all the young forwards coming through the system. I don't know I think they, I, how he... Again, I'm going to kind of revert. I'm sorry to interrupt, but to kind of revert to, like, Zemgis and Opozo may, maybe not be coming back. Like, would you be okay with, like, a Rusek, Jost, or, yeah, Jost? I mean... Greenway, I, fourth line? I mean... Again, you're not necessarily looking for them for like straight up production. So, like, are they good enough to be like a effective checking line? Like, I don't know. What do you, What do you think there? 
I honestly think Zemgus is irreplaceable because I think we've seen we saw that during uh this season. I believe it was the COVID year where he was injured at the beginning of the year, missed the whole season. The fourth line like absolutely sucked. I mean, Oposo <laughs> is on that line too, but they're rolling like a 30 expected goals for percentage at five on five. Oh. I think they're one of the worst lines like in the past 16 years ever yeah. Yeah. to play oh, more than a certain amount of minutes. So <laughs> I'm just so afraid to get rid of him because he seems like the only guy that brings like the element of just defense working hard, being able to grind the puck down low. I, I just don't think you can replace that with a kid. I think, Okay. I mean, Zemgus, is, he's so cheap to keep around. Yeah, that's he's true. He's been here forever. He knows the ins and outs of the organization that he's someone they have to cement in the on the fourth line for the foreseeable future in my mind. And okay. I think maybe Greenway could fill a similar role, but he just doesn't play that way now. So I just yeah. don't know. They're gonna have to tap into something there. Yeah. Like he's not like a fourth line grind it out, keep it along the boards and then working in front type of guy. There have he's been like he has made some pretty pretty decent play a couple of decent plays when passing oh i'm pretty sure he like really good setup to olafson who just freaking whiffed on an open oh, net yeah. for like the 17th time in the past week i, the, <laughs> I to a point where i feel bad because this dude is so yeah, snake he's bitten. snake bitten it's yeah, just it's, it's so freaking bad man i don't know maybe he's dealing with some kind of injury too i don't i don't, I don't know again everyone really is but yeah, I'm, I know I've been interrupting your points on, on Greenway there. but Well, no, I mean, it's really just a group discussion because I don't know what yeah. the, what their plans are for him to look like. Not saying that he's like an awful player that must be getting rid of, but it's just like I'm curious to see what they think he'll be because I think he's such an interesting player with his size. I think you can convert him into something he's not right now, and he's got a decent amount of skill and stuff too. It's, it's just like where – like once – you have to bring up guys like Savoy and uh, Yuri Kulik, and even if you want to bring up a guy like Rusek and whatnot, like when they're trying to find spots for those guys, it's just going to be interesting to see where he fits in because he seems to be a guy they want around here long term. Yeah, I mean they paid a pretty penny for him. What was it? A, it was a second and a fifth. Yeah, I think a second and a fifth. I mean that's again like we I I called it. You know, when it happened, I was like, I said they overpaid, but I'm okay with it. But I mean, if it's just a complete flop, then people are going to look at it and be like, look, I mean, again, it's not the end all be all, but you trade a second round pick for him. I mean, that's it's yeah. not nothing. I mean, I guess it was, guess it was the, the latest in, one, the latest yeah. second round pick they had. The good thing is, in hindsight, is that pick's probably going to be like some guy that plays like four years at University of Minnesota and then doesn't get an NHL contract and then is like an AHL guy. Like, I mean, the odds of that pick being something that's not as good as Greenway, like yeah, that's Greenway's true. three goals are probably more than that guy who they pick <laughs> in that range will score in his entire career. Okay, well I'm, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna like clip that or something like that. Yeah, I guess four years from now, season seven, <laughs> we're gonna come back and be like, by the way, I just want a quick update on this guy. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I personally think it was an overpay, but they also have the they had the capital to do so. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's only so many prospects you can get in your your pool, where, and then you're just like, okay, we just can't sign all of you. We just need to let you go. Not the Brandon Hagel, we're not going to sign you, even though we probably sh- freaking should. It's the no, we literally just don't have. We can't keep doing oh, this. Oh yeah. Um, and so might as well try something for it. That Botchel era with the entry level contracts, where they literally just wouldn't hand out one yeah. to like anyone, it's and like, then nope. they let like Brandon Hagel walk, which was. 
Interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah. Interesting is a good word. Um, let's yeah. move on to some other players. Uh, Bryson, for me, I think he's just he's just not around next year. Um, Yoki Haru. He's just like the definition of a guy. That he's just hockey. a guy. Yeah, I mean, I think he's replaceable. Like, I mean, yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think if you do replace him, you're getting a guy that's just like him. So yeah, it's a, yeah, that's also. You yeah. may as well just like keep him around. I mean, every team has a guy on defense. They're probably going to force it with power. <laughs> They're probably just going to force it with power and just be like, power, carry this guy. And just kind of hope it hope it works out that way. So, I mean, hopefully, my hope is that Ryan Johnson's NHL ready and they pair him with power just because I think Johnson plays. Yeah. He plays such a fun game. I mean, he's not really opportunistic offensively, but he's, but you also have power jumping up yeah. on every play, which is yeah. fine. Cause he like Johnson play. Would, yeah. Both guys jump up on stuff, but don't have to be like a playmaker, which I think could be an interesting combo. Interesting. Okay. I like that. I like that thought process for sure. And Johnson's one of those guys I can play on his offhand because they're both lefties. So that's also yeah. good. He's um, a great skater too. I oh, mean, man. one of the best in his draft class for sure. Absolutely. Um, we're sticking with defensemen here. Let's go to Matias Samuelson again. This is another player. He's kind of like Alex Tuck and um, oh god, who's the other player that we said like when they're out, it, Dylan Cousins. Um, when they're out, like the two hundred foot game is noticeably worse. And I think he's just he's one of those guys that just like unlocks um, Darlene's abilities to just be himself. And last thing on Samuelson is watch the trip that the Sabres just posted out that they went out to California or whatever. I swear to God, Matias oh, Samuelson yeah. is like 35 years old. It's Yeah, I can't believe that guy's like, he, what is he, like 20? He's, he's 23. 23. He's 23. And it's just, he's crazy. He's just he looks he, older than I do. I'm gonna, about to be 26. I mean, he looks older than me. I'm, I'm yeah, pushing 30. Know, yeah. I'm, I'm under a year. He looks older. 30. He looks. Yeah, at least 35. Like, yeah. if I saw a guy in public, there'd be no way I think he's in his 20s, let alone 23. If I saw him in public, <laughs> frankly, I don't even think I would – I wouldn't even know he was an NHL player. Yeah, like, he's got the size like... – he definitely has the size to be the NHL player, and obviously we've seen he has the ability to. But if you see him out in public, you're just like, that's just a – just a dude. Just a, a dude. Just, yeah, it's just, <laughs> just a big dude. Probably played some football back in high school or something like that. Yeah. That's about it or something like that. But it's like an old lineman on Buff State back in like 2006. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Still <laughs> living out the glory years wearing his Letterman jacket yeah. to uh, to local bars. <laughs> anyway, um, there's Matias Samuelson. Sorry, buddy. Hope you don't hear that. You're a lot bigger than me, and that would be tough. Um, pretty well, much no, I think he's got, he's got a cool look, though. I feel like the older looks – it's not bad. I mean, he's oh yeah, he I've, it off I've, well. yeah. he's really grown on me. It's just he, when he, when people basically described him, it was like, yeah, he's really lengthy, and that was like his like in the top three of what they would describe of him. And you're just like, oh, what? Like the people yeah. that would consistently watch him and and report back on him and be like, he's lengthy, and you know, he's a real stay at home defenseman. And you're just like, oh crap. I mean, he's got that's just not exactly where the NHL's moving, but it works for him. You know, again, he's one of those players, not not the fastest, not the most agile, but he, he just has like a, a natural sense. He's just a natural hockey sense out there that um, is underrated for sure. And it's it's hockey sense on the defensive end. Like we can talk about hockey sense of, you know, finding like a seam that other people didn't or making a ridiculous pass or just being one step ahead, you know, to, to get behind a defenseman or make a move or whatever it is offensively. But defensively, that's where his hockey sense comes in. And, and you need players like that. At the end of the day, defense is defense. Yeah. And, you know, if you're really good at that, it'll create more offense from it. So I think that's what he yeah, does. I know. I'm I happy mean, for him. 
Yeah, I mean, just saying that uh, Matthew Fairburn with The Athletic Day, I think he released an article where every Sabres player picked who they think is the most underrated on their team, and I think Samuelson yeah. was the top choice with seven votes, and all three goalies picked Samuelson. Yeah, and Goal- I think oh, I yeah. Look- Goalies yeah. love stay-at-home defensemen. I was I was more yeah. of like a stay-at-home defenseman when I played at a very not high level, but they like I had a really good relationship with goalies because they knew like I had their back instead of you know I would usually get paired with like an offensive guy, just kind of like a yin and yang, and it's just like oh here's another two on one again, and Bills uh you know trying to break it up stuff like that <laughs> like it's just the way it is, and which was fine. That's where I thrived, you know. That's why I, I that's I enjoyed my role. I was. I was good. Why are Samuelson guy? I'm a Samuelson guy. I was a. I was. A, oh, dude, I love the penalty kill. When I played forward, when I played defense, like that was my time to <laughs> shine, dude. I got some. I had. I think I was on like the second power play unit in high school, but I really loved the PK. Um. So yeah, big Samuelson guy here. I'm not the biggest though, so that that <laughs> kind of worked against me when I'm getting tossed around out there. But um, Jared Spurgeon then. Yeah. Jared Spurgeon has more agility, dude. I just I had the hockey sense. I just didn't have like the foot speed. I, we're not getting into this. We're not getting into this. Um, I was not good. I was not good. Let's just put that out there. Anyway, uh, a couple other guys. Man, we've really been going long on the players, but realistically, I mean, it just kind of stems into the entire team and how they fit. So it feels like a pretty good discussion. Anyway, um, Kyle Opozo. I just he's thirty four years old. His his caps up. I just I really hope. Like, I don't know. He probably still wants to play. I just, I don't think it's with the Sabres. I'm sorry. I really like him. I really want him to come back. Hopefully he can, you know, get in a front office role or player development or just be around the team because it seems like they all have a great relationship regardless of how old or how long they've been at the Sabres or whatever it is. It seems like, you know, he would be a great guy to keep around. It just, it's a long season and it just, he just, he doesn't have the foot speed. He never really had the foot speed. That was never really his game, but it just kind of, you know, he had his resurgence, but it, I think age is just kind of catching up to him a little bit. I, I just – I don't want to bury the guy because I really do like him. Um, from where he's come from, it was bad. And now and, – and it was scary. You know, the play on the ice was bad, and his personal health was pretty scary. So I, I feel bad about saying I, I don't want him on the roster next season. But this year I think he's done a great job as captain. You know, it's the off the ice stuff that he really helped out Granado with. I, I, you know, I take Granado's word for it. And I'm not sitting here saying I know this for sure, but Granado said, "Look at these. You know, the guys I lean on are are Giergensen's and Anderson and Opozo. Um, and being your captain, I think he's done a very good job of it. Um, really glad that he never he didn't end up with a concussion from that nasty elbow down in Tampa. Um, that's about it for Kyle Opozo for me. Just awesome dude. Really hope he can. You know find some kind of role within the Sabres that isn't on their lineup, unfortunately. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him just because, look, we talk about the young guys potentially making the roster earlier. If you lose Anderson and Ocposo, I mean, you've got just a really young locker room. So I don't know what their plans are to maybe bring in a veteran, maybe one that's not Okposo if they decide to move on from him. But I also think that I also think that not every empty roster spot right now is going to go to someone currently in their organization. So true. Maybe that's where it comes into play. So I think I mean I wouldn't mind him coming back, but it's just the fact that he's a team captain. You really can't make him like the thirteenth, fourteenth forward. No, you can't. It's just which it's I tough. Think yeah, which I think would 
I'd I'd love to have him in that 13th, 14th forward role, but yeah. I also wouldn't want to strip the captaincy from him if it would be awkward to have him in the press box as a captain. Do it, do it Eichel style. Just come out in the press and conference when no one asks and just like, yeah, he's not our captain anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different circumstances LA... for sure. But <laughs> Remember the LA Kings? They stripped uh, Dustin Brown of his captaincy. Yeah, that was, that was... Like they, they got over it. Well, they ended up like what? They retired his number or like gave him a statue? They retired his number this year. So Yeah, but this is while like Brown was still playing. They stripped yeah. his captaincy. He stunk, dude. He freaking stunk. Yeah, but I mean, how do, you strip, how do you strip the captaincy of a guy that led you to a ton of Stanley Cups? So you got to keep it with that guy. You, until... you do it like this. Hey, we're taking the, <laughs> we're taking the captaincy yeah. from you. <laughs> Oh, they man. did the same thing to Jonathan Quick, too. They literally traded the guy to Columbus. Rob Blake is – like, he's got some cojones. Yeah, I know. Like, Especially being a former player. You see, like, Kevin Adams being a former player, and he – going through, or, like, I can sympathize what you're going through and really trying to think of them in that sense. And then you have Rob Blake that's like, screw you, see ya. Yeah. Like, all, pretty much all, like, the <laughs> their dynasty era guys got, like, screwed over. Like, Brown's got his captaincy stripped. Yeah, Kopitar's then, like, what the crap's going to happen to me? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I think they're, him to, like, they're in a playoff spot, right? The Kings are? I think oh, so. Man, I, I have the NHL standing Yeah, right yeah. Here. They're actually – they're second. And, wow. They're one point off of – the Vegas has 101 points. Los Angeles has 100, and Edmonton has 99. That's a pretty cool race to see who would end up first. Um, yeah, that's, looking at that conference, I'm not looking forward to probably a single one of those playoff rounds other than uh, Edmonton with McDavid and Dry yeah. Sidon. But outside of that, like, yikes. Minnesota, Colorado, Dallas, don't care. Vegas, Los Angeles, Edmonton. That's pretty cool. I'd like to see Seattle. Seattle seems like, no. Well, yeah, I mean, they'd be fun to see the playoffs for the first time, but it's like... Let's do Seattle-Vegas. That'd be a sweet, sweet thing Oh, to do. yeah, that'd be a good matchup. Yeah, I mean, sure. I guess I'll have to watch playoff Eichel, even though yeah. I don't know if I necessarily want to, but... I, I'm, I mean, Dude, I'm just kind of over it. Like, I don't know. Like, I'll still make fun of them, and like... But the, all the people that are, like, so ready to be, like, you know... Like Peyton Cre- or not, not Peyton, like Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck, they're they're better than Michael, better than like they're just like super excited to just like dunk on him at any point, and it's just like I get you yeah. don't like him, but come on, like I we, feel like it's not that I don't like him, on. it's just like I feel like seeing his face gives me like PTSD. Yeah, that's true. Like it just it, like yeah, seeing his face true. reminds me <laughs> we <laughs> sucked like, for years. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of like Jamie McGinn and like. Oh, God. I actually like Jamie Benoit. McGinn. I don't want you know what I don't want to hear that slander. Screw you. You know what? Well, I, no, it's not. This is you know we're, we're finally we're guy, finally having a disagreement just... on this podcast. Now we're getting into it right now. Jamie McGinn underrated. I have nothing to back that up. But in your face, Walt. <laughs> it just reminds me of like that era of Sabres teams where it was just God like awful. I remember it's like I, we even started the podcast during this some of this era. It was just like yeah. their off season moves would just be like awful, yeah. and then it's like I don't know a single like path to this team to be good uh there wasn't there wasn't one at all i just i don't know it just it was just freaking bad i'm just happy we're we're finally talking we're still talking about the sabers making the playoffs in april that's exciting um a couple other players to talk about uh if you want to come back as like a 13th 14th forward shout out to you yeah he's another guy in that fairburn article i think Two or three players said he's the most underrated guy in the he's, team. He's so decent player. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I think there's better players out there for sure, but 
I would probably I put him over Pozo. Uh, yeah, like a 13th as a thirteenth guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you get much better. No, as a thirteenth guy than Hinnestroza. I mean, I thought I personally thought he'd be like a guy that would sign with like Washington or someone like a team that has like high cap hits but needs like a guy they could plug into like a middle six role. I thought he'd be doing that. So the fact that he came back here, I mean, I know mm-hmm. they paid him one point seven chunk of change. Yeah, yeah I mean, for, like he was not getting that. He was not getting that contract anywhere else, especially for yeah. a playoff team. No freaking way. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what his next move is. I know that Rochester move was tough for him. Yeah. I think the fact that that move happened will maybe make him reconsider coming back here in case it happens again. Yeah, he knows that's a pretty good possibility. But it's also a possibility on other teams unless you're going to go to a team that's not very good. So it kind of all depends on what he wants to do. I mean, maybe the vibes are good enough that he wants to stick around and that it is worth possibly getting sent down to Rochester, which – I don't know. I don't I think, think it's ever worth that, honestly. Uh, As yeah. a guy that's like an established NHLer, it's got like a family. It's yeah, it just that's sucks tough. For I those mean, he guys. was commuting from Buffalo to Rochester for all that stuff, and that just yeah, after a while, that just would wear on you. So, okay. I think Riley Shane too. I mean, a similar thing happened this year. I mean, he was just yeah. like, I don't know if I could do like the back and forth thing. So I think he just signed in Switzerland, which is where a lot of these guys of families like end up going. It's like somewhere like Switzerland where it's yeah. like not like too drastic of a change to like raise a family out there. Yeah. Switzerland seems, uh, seems relatively yeah. nice. You know, you'll have a stable home. You're not going back and you're forth. You're not freaking going to the KHL. Yeah. You're not going there. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, fair enough. Uh, last couple, Jost and Krebs. Jost and Krebs. Uh, I mean, I'd say with Jost, I mean, he's, I mean, just looking at his like RPM chart from when he signed, or from when the Sabres claimed him to where it's at now is just remarkable. The improvements he made, especially the impacts he's had defensively, I think it's pretty cool to see. And I mean, really the same thing with Krebs. Krebs has turned into a defensive forward. And uh, I was just thinking this earlier, like I would honestly have no problem with Krebs like permanently being a bottom six guy, even though that's not what the Sabres thought they would get when they traded for him, but in terms of what the Sabres need out of him, like, do they even need a top six guy out of him at this point? I think the answer to that may be no. I mean, he's already pretty good in the role he has. Like, I, I don't it, know. Like, for the future, like a third-line role. Like, you, you – Yeah. At, in this day and age, you really need four, like, re- effective – real effective lines if you actually want to make, like, a yeah. good push. And I think that's that's a pretty good third-line player if, we, if he gets to the place where we think he can with his skill set – um, I think you just need to get him some some shooters. Maybe I don't know Krebs and Kulik or something like that. Kulik's got a pretty good shot. Um, I mean they got it's, a ton of shooters coming up. I mean, literally yeah. all their three first round picks last year and Rosean could all just rip the puck, which is yeah. gonna be fun to have around. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, there's just I think the the first two lines you can probably set in stone. You got the kids line obviously, and then you have Tuck Skinner Thompson. But then what what would it be like middle stat Krebs Kulik? I mean And then you got Greenway too, which is where like the question Greenway. comes up is like anytime I think about the Sabres feature lineup, I'm like, where's the bottom six is very confusing to me. We're gonna we're gonna definitely yeah. rehash this in the offseason, but I mean for for this year, for me just to kind of, you know, put a bow on all these players that we talked about, Jost and Krebs, I think they've been very effective and 
the roles that they've been given. And I think that, you know, deserves, you know, some applause, I guess you'd say. And, um, you know, just kind of see what they do next year. I, I just, I think they've done a good job and there's no reason to move them out of the, out of the roster. That's where I stand. So I don't know where these guys are going to play in the lineup and we're going to mock that up all off season and stuff like that. But I think they've been effective and good. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Krebs. Um, I don't know if I'm just biased, but I, I really do like him. So I think there's there's definitely good potential with him. He's like one of those third-line guys that like a guy in the top six goes down. You can just bump up easily, and I feel like he would be able to, to fill him pretty well with his playmaking ability. That's the thing with him, though, is that I've been waiting for them to do something like that like all year, but I feel like he's the one guy they're hesitant to ever – move up in that role or are they just really happy with where he's at and they're just like yeah maybe that's it i don't know we'll we'll see that only time can really tell that one but yeah i mean maybe maybe they really did think they had a defensive forward in krebs that we just didn't see i don't i don't know it's gonna be interesting him and greenway are gonna be like the two that i really hone in on is like okay what are they doing here what's going on what's uh, what's the plan here what are we what are we doing so that's something to look forward to um, but something also to look forward to is the game's coming up. Um, we talked about all the players, talked about the the Florida game coming up. I mean, that's just going to be that's going to be a tough one. I mean, Florida plays them. T- Florida's a good team. They really are. They've underperformed this year, but they're a good team. Alex Lyon, I believe, is going to make what it's like fourth straight start or something like that. I mean, I Sabers are hanging seven on the guy. Oh God, snack on that, Florida. Is this a home game? I've looked at so many of the games that they have coming up that I don't even know which ones are home and which ones are away. Give me a second here. Uh, yeah, it's at Florida. Good yeah, it's, Hopefully I it's think... nice and humid. Um, Florida and then Detroit. I mean, it's just I re- there's they're going to kick themselves over some of these games that they lost against Columbus, Philly. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like Chicago. every team, I think every team in the NHL could do that, though. That's just like yeah. the magic of the NHL that's true. is that like that's true. Carolina could lose to like Columbus yeah. like on a Tuesday night and it's like not like that crazy. They it's just a gauntlet. Panthers, Red Wings are still I mean, some somewhat decent. They're not a bottom dweller. Then you have Hurricanes, Rangers, Devils. Oof. That's just that's tough. And yeah, I mean, Senators are right there kind of too. They could beat any team in their schedule and they could also lose to any team on yep. their remaining schedule, which exactly. is exactly it's gonna make it exciting to watch, but I'm 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 graying. Is that is that gray hair that you see? Is that possible? <laughs> no, it might just be the lighting. It's just I don't know. I I don't want to be too optimistic, and I don't want to be too pessimistic. You know what I mean? I'm trying to stay even keel heel, keel keel here. Oh no! I was going so good for like thirty minutes. That's a rough combo of back to back words, though. It's like you're. See, my, I always need my I always need my hype man here to to make me feel better about me just totally <laughs> botching words. It's like it's like the last names. If again, if you're like a avid listener, which obviously we appreciate, um, but you know me and last names are not going well together. But I just get I just get marble mouth in general. It's just always been a thing. I'll just be randomly sitting at like the lunch table in high school and like say something and it just comes out as mush and everyone just like stops eating. Is like what was that? what was that? <laughs> I just, oh my god, I, I'm I'm glad I work from home because I feel like my coworkers would be like, "This guy is not doing well over here. What's going on?" Oh god. Um, 
Is there anything else really to talk about with the Sabres in general? I'm just trying to think on the fly here. We This one was not one we had any outline for. We we're just going to hop on the mic and talk. I do, like I said, want to get another episode in relatively soon. Maybe we can even get someone on if they win a couple games and, and the hype is real. Um, maybe snag one of the TCB guys or, or someone out there um, to, to hop on. Maybe get some questions from fans, uh, from Sabres fans. I'm not, seems. Oh, yeah. Seems uh, that was fun the last time we did that. That was a good time. There were some good questions too, man. Like the thing, yeah. with the, the same thing with Sabres fans is like they're just all like s- some of them are a little out there and goofy, but man, the <laughs> wide, wide majority are just they they get it. They get hockey. It's just yeah, I, I know. I can't yeah. speak for really any other fan bases. The yeah, they're in tune with the team. And they really understand the game. And like, I'm there's plenty of fan bases that have that out there, but there's. Also, I, I would say a good chunk of fan bases that do not have that. They they might have a, like a small circle of people that are really knowledgeable and really in tune with the team. But like you can go to Wegmans and ask the cashier, um, you know, some you know middle aged, you know, dude or or woman, and be like, you know, what are your thoughts on the Sabers? And they can they can rattle off a bunch of stuff instead of just being like, uh, they that's the team with the blue jerseys. Do they play downtown? Yeah. Like, that that's what other teams probably have to talk about. Like, what do you know about the Dallas Stars? And someone's just like, they're from Dallas. I got that. I got that down. And we're in Dallas now, so they play here. Like that's that. I, I oh yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to give props <laughs> to Sabres fans, essentially. So no, I mean, it, it's it's definitely fun. I mean, I feel like if you go on like a random Sabres fans phone, they'll have like an RPM chart of like Jack Quinn. <laughs> On well, like their photo roll on there. So I was gonna say like, like half my photo, <laughs> half our photo rolls are just like things to us post like sabers and then just like sweet pictures of like Rick Jenneret with yeah. like random glasses on or something like that. I don't know. It's fun. Like Rick Jenneret, Rick Jenneret is like Frankenstein and then yeah. like the Kevin Adams meme. And then <laughs> we got to get those. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm not gonna say it. I'll tell you off off air. Um, but the something it's Kevin Adams memes. I'm I'm gonna. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. That I freaking make it make it wearable. Let's just say that you know we'll leave it out there. <laughs> a little teaser for some people that uh, I'm going to try to get something in the works when it comes to you know throw down a little bit of money and get some get some cool Sabers merch. So, um, yeah, I I'm not trying to tease too much. Again, we'll talk off air on that and, and maybe circle back here. Ah. <sighs> In other news, uh, Wolverhampton stinks. I'm, we're we're not going to get oh, into soccer, yeah. but I saw Brentford or yeah, Brentford uh, tied this weekend or whatever. I thought that was pretty interesting. To uh, to Crystal yeah. Palace. Oh no, they tied oh, up Brighton. Brighton. Yeah, Brighton. Brighton's pretty Which good. Was, okay, so good for them. Yeah, I mean it was brutal because Brentford's trying to qualify for Europe, so they need that Man. top seven spot. Brighton's right there with them. They were. Up one nothing, up two one, up three two. Oh, then it ends three three. So yeah. it's like, oh, off a penalty too. It's like, oh, it's brutal. All right, well, there's our yeah. there's our little soccer or football minute <laughs> that we have on the podcast. I mean, is there anything really else that we want to discuss here? I mean, what do you? I, we'll give out like grades. I was gonna say, you know, grade a couple, you know, like Granado and like, you know certain you know the pk power play adams you know kind of like the development of prospects um but we'll we'll get into that later on i think the biggest thing now is just in devon levi we trust 
you know I, it's just yeah pretty much every game you know the the next game is the biggest game and i just i hope they do it but again to me regardless it's been a successful season for the sabers i know people will be upset and you as you should be you know you're you're a passionate fan you invest a ton of time into this team um if they if they miss the playoffs but at the same time i think i i would hope that you know after you kind of cool down a little bit you'll you'll come to the same conclusion that it was very should say very successful but it was a success they did exactly what we asked of them at least what we walt and i asked of them so any closing thoughts on uh on the sabers their upcoming schedule some of the players anything out going on out there i mean really just the fact that like tomorrow uh april 4th we'll be watching a sabers game where it'll be on at like bars restaurants people's homes and everyone's gonna be so invested in whether or not they win i think it's just a great feeling to have and something that we haven't felt the sabers fans in 11 12 years so it's just fun to uh, be back in that spot in april watching meaningful sabers games so i'm gonna start a new superstition for myself is be in commercial breaks i'm going to meditate myself get on both knees and <laughs> just meditate and and real get Part real zen like that <laughs> gd right buddy it's exactly what i'm doing um yeah it's just i'm i'm really looking forward to it hopefully Devin levi can can put up the performance hopefully the team in front of them can you know, make it a little bit easier for him. You know, let's think uh, first period of the the Flyers game there where uh, – no, not the Flyers game. Holy crap, the uh, Rangers game. Yikes. Really, oh, yeah, really two, shots on, two shots on goal, I think. And even the second period too, I mean, not a lot of shots on goal for them either. So they got it in them to shut down good offensive teams. We'll see if they could do it for a full 60, I guess. Do it for a full 60 against Florida. Let's move on from there. Again, we will come back – Probably, what do you think, maybe this weekend or something like that. We'll find a good time to get another episode out before the season's done. At least one episode, maybe get a guest there. Try to answer some questions from you fine folks listening. If you've made it this far, very much appreciate it. This has been the Sabermetrics Podcast, hosted by the Charging Buffalo. We'll catch you on the next